The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out cybionicscgm.com. How's it going? It's Owen here, and this is a bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast, Redefining Diabetes. Every week, we'll dip back into the episode archive and get you to think and reflect once more about some of the things we've learned from the podcast over the last few years. It could be some diabetic wisdom, advice, a great guest, or even a hypo story. So enjoy this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. A good rule of thumb living with diabetes is the more exercise I do, the less insulin I require. The less exercise I do, the more insulin I require, generally speaking. So when you say that it increases insulin sensitivity, is that exercise over a prolonged period of time? It's not just referring to, oh, I know I have dinner tonight at six o'clock. Oh, it's going to be a big one. I'll just go for a run now. And I don't really do that much otherwise. Is it like that? Or has to, does it have to be exercise over a long period of time? It can completely depend, but it can also be as rapid as doing a 15-minute workout can result in you needing less insulin for that day. And I know you're training for a marathon as well. We've touched on it in other episodes. Has your insulin sensitivity changed since you started training for the marathon? Because it's, you're Definitely. doing completely different exercises. Yeah, well, look... I have always been very sensitive to insulin. My insulin requirements are quite low because I consistently train. And it's not that you can train once a week and then the rest of the week you're going to be fine and your insulin requirements are going to drop. It's all about consistency and it doesn't have to be, like I've said a million times before, it doesn't have to be you pumping the gym six days a week. It could just be a 15, 20 minute walk every day just to keep you ticking over. But specifically talking about the marathon, yeah, absolutely. Because I'm running more consistently now, that's affected my insulin requirements massively throughout the day and over the week because I'm running three or four times a week, like minimum two miles, generally five, six, seven miles as I'm just kind of trying, trying to build myself up. But I'm also still doing all my resistance training. So pre-lockdown and just before the gym, all the gyms were closed, my routine was, it just worked really well. And I knew what to expect from my blood sugar throughout the day because I would get up, I'd go to the first slot of the gym that morning, I'd do an hour, 15 minutes of resistance training. And then after that, I'd go for a run. So 
when you resistance train, more often than not, you're going to have a different blood sugar reaction, right? So when you train with, with heavy weights and those kind of things, it prompts a different bodily response in your body. So instead of just running and seeing your blood sugar generally drop down when you resistance train, it kind of promotes the release of stress hormones like adrenaline, cortisol, and they kind of kick your liver and your, and your, and your muscles to release glucose into your system as energy. Slightly getting off topic, but basically when I was going to the gym, I would see that slight spike in my blood sugar because of resistance training. But then after, because I knew I was going for a run, my run would bring my blood sugar back down. And you needed no insulin in between those. I, you were just working off the exercise. I was just working off. Yeah, I was just working okay. off the exercise. Now, of course, later in the day when yeah. I'm eating food and yeah. just going about my regular routine, I'm going to need insulin. But you can't, you but, contracted the high with a run to bring it down. Yeah, yeah, of course. And that's such a big part of living with type one. It's like, don't don't just react to what's happening with your blood sugar. Just obviously, if you see a spike, try and understand why has that spiked and don't think, oh Christ, my blood sugar spike. I need insulin. I need insulin. Think, right, my blood sugar has spiked potentially because of resistance training. Therefore, if I know I'm going for a run, I'm not going to take insulin because that run is probably going to bring my blood sugar back down. So how do you then prepare for cardio? What's your routine? So again, this can completely depend on each person. My diabetes is going to be completely different to somebody listening or somebody five minutes down the road from me. So it's important, again, trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. Understand and spot patterns and see what works for you and what doesn't. But for me personally, and something that, well, a list of things that everybody should always consider when they're going out for a run or doing any sort of cardio really are meal timing, insulin timing, the content of your pre-exercise meal, the amount of fast-acting insulin on board, the duration of the exercise you're doing, and the intensity of the exercise that you're doing. So now that sounds like, whoa, there's way too much. (laughs) There's way too many things to consider. But obviously, if you live with it, these are kind of like things that will go through your head subconsciously. But if you're aware of them, you can plan ahead which is massively important. So for me, if I'm going out for a run, I will always try and have no insulin on board or little to none, right? Now, insulin on board basically means that that's my fast acting insulin, which will generally be in my system for three to four hours. Now it's called fast acting insulin or rapid acting insulin, but it's it's not really as rapid as you might think it is. So if I take insulin at... 12 p.m. the day, that's still going to be in my system and it's still going to influence my blood sugar three to four hours after that. What's the reason for you not wanting to have insulin on board? When I'm running, my body is using up the glucose in my system as energy. Now, if I have additional insulin on board, it's almost like there's not going to really be as much glucose in my system for the insulin to counteract. So therefore, I'm a lot more inclined to drop down while I'm running. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. So a good way to manipulate that is, and I suppose that's what has been so beneficial for me to run in the morning is because I know I see that spike from resistance training from the gym. And then when I go for a run, it's going to come back down naturally, but I don't have any insulin on board because I train in the morning. 
So I haven't eaten anything yet either. But actually only last night I went out for, I didn't go for a run in the morning, went out for a run after dinner, right? So because I knew I was going out for a run after dinner, I adjusted the insulin that I needed for that meal. So to give you an example, okay. what, did I, what did I eat last night? I don't know. I actually don't remember what I had. But right, let's say that I had a bowl of, a bowl of pasta, which was 50 grams carbohydrate, and I would generally take five units. Let's just use that as the example. If I generally take five units of insulin for that bowl of pasta, that's my insulin to carb ratio. That's what I have calculated for myself. But if I know that I'm going for a run after the meal, if my blood sugar is steady as a result of those five units, inevitably my blood sugar is going to drop from the run. So what I did was I reduced the insulin I took for that meal so that my blood sugar would rise slightly higher than I would usually like before my run so that when so during my yeah, run yeah, yeah. it comes back down in range yeah, without going into a hypoglycemic state so what you need to consider before a run is massively important it's not just about oh god i have to go out and do a two mile run a three mile run and you're kind of dreading the run it's it's important that you plan ahead to adjust your insulin eat more carbohydrate that you need than you need be aware of the insulin you have on board so that you know I'm not going to be dropping halfway through this run and therefore that's going to be your excuse to stop running all right thanks for listening to this bite-sized episode of the insulin podcast and if you want to listen to the full episode you can check it out in the description chat to you soon